Happy Halloween. It's an absurd holiday. Oh, yes. Putting on costumes and striking fear. Quite absurd. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to frolic about other nerdy subjects. Yes. The Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support the show, Keep the generators running in the Wayne Manor study. Just go to patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Now, thank you for listening to episode 127, Ghosts. Yes, still creeping along toward that finish line of Spooky Stories Month on the Batman Book Club. And I can't get uh, spooky or creepy without this guest. Uh, basically, he's the, the co-host of this show. He is a co-host on the street out of Gotham. Some even say... He is the assistant of the Aquaman, Eric Holzman. He's an associate producer of this show. It's Peter Arvera. Peter, welcome back to the show. Hello, Ryan. How are you? I'm ready to frolic <laughs> through Gotham City with you. There's some moments when I I wish that we were on video and uh, doing my intro there. I'd have rather people have seen you while listening to my intro and right there and even that your little hand out a frolic he's a yeah. peter is a frolic that's almost yeah. what the r stands for yeah frolic the r stands for frolic yeah. the r stands for frolic uh i i'm glad you're back as always and actually next time episode, i was here i feel like it was like two weeks I mean, yeah i mean it feels like it doesn't it uh <laughs> and then you're going to be back here again in like a week so <laughs> it's like you've moved into the the way manor study but yeah. I'm happy to have you. You have the VIP I live in the room. basement. Garrett's Garrett's actually getting jealous. He thinks he's getting close. He's like, take away Pete's monthly wrap up appearances, and I think I'm close. I'm like, I, I don't maybe, but Pete's also take, got take the, away the appearances, and I'm clear. Yeah, okay, that yeah. makes sense. And I mean, but then you've also got the return to no man's land on on YouTube that, that you've been doing too. So I think you've got a very comfortable lead <laughs> on one Garrett grip. But who's counting? Yeah, I just I guess I just read a lot of Batman. Pete, you're here. Um, the third October in a row, mm-hmm. and following the the performance of the, the last episode from Justin Kowalski, um, this is the third year. And what did you happened. guys do? Batman meets Blade. <laughs> yeah, Batman <laughs> has a, a fast and furious chase with Blade. Yeah, uh, they both drive the same car, and yes, then Vin, exactly. Vin Diesel's at the finish line. Hey, it's but, all about uh, family. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you your cap. He capped off a trilogy. You're capping off basically a trilogy, which means the Batman book club's still around next October, and you and him both agree to to come back on. Like you locked this in three years three or two years, years ago. ago. So, so I didn't have to do any extra yeah, work. You got a mission now. 
But yeah, I've got a whole year to figure out that other uh, creepy Batman story. Go back. I mean, last October and the one before, and Pete and I have been going through uh, Haunted Nights, originally mm. released as the Legends of the Dark Knight Halloween specials from Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Uh, yeah, and I mean, we did Fears, then we did Madness, and this one we were going sequential. This time, we're talking ghosts. <laughs> And, I mean, uh, this is all familiar. It's going to be written by Jeff Loeb, illustrated by Tim Sale. Who uh, released... you have an obsession with. Yes, I do. I'm obsessed with their stories. And yeah. I say it like I'm having fun with that, but it's actually true. Well, for I, good He reason, knows it is true. They're classics. <laughs> I have an obsession with this team's stories. Uh, RIP Tim Sale. This book was released mm-hmm. in 1995 in a physical prestige format. Um, it is available also through uh, two two collected trades. Uh, I've never I've never gotten the the first one or even seen seen it and held it in my hands. It has a pretty cool cover. The orange the, cover. The original? No, not the original or the orange cover. This is the one of that has uh, it's kind of like a com- combination of all three stories on the cover mm-hmm. um, of like Poison Ivy, Joker. Is that a Hatter, trade? Catwoman. That's the original trade that was released that collected all three of these. Mm-hmm. Um, this art is in the back of the Absolute Edition. There's also uh, an orange collected trade paperback that's been released in uh, Absolute Edition. And actually just this month, it was released in a brand new hardcover. Uh, it's available on uh, Comixology for you to buy digitally. It's, it's All these Haunted Night versions are available on Hoopla, my favorite app of all time. Pete, I know, but the listeners don't. What version did you read this? Uh, I read this in uh, not shocking fashion, the Absolute Edition. Woo! Uh, Ryan knows knows how much I love Absolute Edition. This is my third uh, Jeff Loeb Absolute uh, book behind... no, uh, no man's land. Uh, <laughs> the long Halloween. I'm sorry, we're getting my shows mixed up. <laughs> and um, the uh, the, another book we did on this show, um, the Supergirl from Krypton. That's right. Uh, uh, that is also uh, combined with the uh, Public Enemies um, book as well. So I, I have a I have a trilogy, not the trilogy of Jeff Loeb, but I do have a, a Jeff Loeb trilogy of Absolute Editions. So I'm I'm a big fan of his. Um, I'm a big fan of Tim Sale. He's one of my favorite artists up there with um, Neil Adams, obviously. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows is my favorite. Um, I also do own uh, the original printing. I have that um, for uh, all these stories. I was able to go back and uh, get those from my uh, comic shop. As in, not the original trade, but the the original printing. Yeah, prestige. the original. Gotcha. Yes, yes. I have that. Uh, Main Street Comics, Motown, New Jersey. Uh, fabulous store there. Uh, lots of back issues and stuff. Uh, if you're in the area, uh, please go there. Uh, wonderful shop. Hooked and me I up also, with the yeah. Dark Victory issues. Pete, yeah. you introduced me to they, your guy. And yeah, I just got they those. They like all month. across the United States. Um, I'm not sure about Canada. So if Carlos is interested, he might have to pay a little extra. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I also own the Orange Trade paperback. But uh, I did read the Absolute Edition for this because when you're reading a story that you, you know, and I love these three stories as much as anybody else, um, that that absolute formats really tough to beat especially with uh the unique art style of one tim sale and this was your first time reading it in this absolute edition because this is yeah you I just waited got for you did you get it this year or was it like last yeah Christmas? this is a recent purchase i bought okay. this on 
in stock trades maybe hell a month, of month a and deal. half ago. I paid on maybe. You shared it with this? me. I think it's like fifty-seven. Uh, yeah, I think I paid half. I'm trying. Yeah, it's, so uh, it goes retail for a hundred. 112 Canadian for Carlos. There you go. Uh, I believe I paid uh, around $50, $60 for that. So uh, I love in-stock trades. Um, as Ryan has told me, whenever they release a new thing, um, it usually is 50% off. So uh, I highly recommend all of you guys check out that website. It's really fabulous. It's a hard deal to pass up on. Yeah. When and they I, do something like I that. pretty much use it exclusively for Absolute Editions. I like to yeah. support the comic shop that I mentioned earlier. And in uh, local businesses itself, but um, you know, if you could save fifty bucks, uh, you know, you buy two, you get one free, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that. I'm with you. Hey, so, the comic shop gets is getting my money free. every single week, and yeah, like you said, when it comes like a big uh, a big book like this, you know, if I can save quite a bit of money that way, I'll do it. And yeah, this is the it's third. hard to find anything half off these days. Yeah, um, I too read it in absolute. This is, uh, I mean, they're like you even said, this is there's no better format, especially when it comes to these uh lobe sale. I do have the lobe sale trilogy of absolutes of long Halloween, which that's my favorite absolute. And yes, you could say it's because of the story, but it was the like oh, all of the extras and stuff included in that, mm-hmm. the dark victory as well. The the paper that it uses for the for Tim's sale, it needs to be this paper since he plays in shadows so much. It just looks the best on this paper. I think it looks better than digital. It looks better than the glossy stuff that like the, the trades and the, yeah. uh, the, the new hardcover, I think even it's glossy paper and it just looks better. They, on they this do a good job for the paper. price. Yeah, I, absolutely. No pun intended. There's uh, a reason why I have, Oh my God, how many of these do I have? I have one, two, three, four, five. I have five. Absolutely. So, you know, retail, I've spent $500 in real life. <laughs> I've got quite a few absolutes, but if I ever, start to think that I'm, you know, puff my chest. I remember that there's a man in this universe named Chris Clow that would never put me to shame because he is a gentleman, but I need to know of like, okay, settle down. Chris Clow has every absolute that's ever been released. And, I think so. You know, if, since we're praising uh, the great one, Chris Clow, he's also Lord Omnibus. Uh, yeah, no one it. I think owns more omnibuses than Clow. And uh, rightfully so, the man is a true scholar of the comic book medium, and uh, he's he's honestly a, a walking encyclopedia. And uh, finally and got him on the podcast. show this year too. He's a fantastic. That made me very happy. Clow actually, I I love Clow so much. But going back to the early days of BOF, like Clow's reviews of Nightwing were like poetry to me. I'm a huge Clow <laughs> fanboy, so Clow is a big inspiration for me. So that's what kind of I was like, wow, this guy's doing reviews of Nightwing, and he's like speaking to me. Yeah. So um, that's my Chris story. Yeah, that's our that's our little path down a Chris Cloud lane. Uh Pete, when was the first time that you read Ghosts? I honestly don't remember. Okay. Um it was it was after I've read Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Um I mean when these books came out, I was young. Yeah. You know, young, no money. Uh you know, comic shops weren't around, no vehicle, right? You know, like you kind of just yeah, I bought comic books at an early age at like the convenience store, but I still needed the ride to get there, so I couldn't do it on my own. Um, so it, it was later in life, you know. I was like, I remember when I first started having a job and I was able to like Long Halloween, Dark Victory, one of the first trades I picked up. Uh, my my guy in my shop, Mike, Mainstreet Comics, was like, "Hey, you know, there, there's another trade out there." What? 
like about <laughs> you know it actually it's kind More? of the way, the thing that paved this way i'm like really like i'm down he's like yeah would you be interested i'm like yeah the price is right he ordered for me i picked it up and uh i was like oh wow like this is cool i had no idea he's like yeah, it's halloween stories so it's like i like the theme um and uh that that's really it so i would say probably the first time i read this i might have been a, a sophomore in college okay so i was late to the game on this one but you but you at least showed up so there you go you're late yeah. to the game but you at least showed up pete mine i've said i've said on here before i've told the story of when i was in high school and uh, i was probably i think it was my junior year when i was working so it would have been 2003 uh yeah, when I discovered the long ha- when I discovered the long Halloween and next to it was dark dark victory. Yeah, the long Halloween. Shout out for you, Paul Herman. Uh, and then it was right next to the collection of dark victory and haunted night. And I didn't know which one to choose because I could only buy one because I was in high school, you know. So it was limited. It was it was one or none. And I went with long Halloween because I found out that was like sequential. And then dark victory. And then I actually got haunted night as a gift that Christmas. So it would have been Christmas 2003 that I got the, as you referenced, the orange covered uh, trade ba- paperback collection. So that would have been like the second version of the collected of the collected books. Yeah, because as I said, the the original one I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Pete's, I mean, this is the easiest question of our whole conversation. Why ghosts? Why ghosts? Because it's the final chapter. There you go. All right. Trilogy. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to put in a lot of effort and work into figuring out what book I wanted because putting in effort and work into the Batman book club is very, very difficult sometimes. So I called this three years ago uh, and mostly because people like Javi, uh, I knew would eat this up and probably call it for themselves. So I took advantage <laughs> of my status as AP of the Batman book club and called it. it Ryan doesn't... has a list of books I've called. So yeah. um, it's at least two pages long. Well, there's a lot to unpack there Uh, and not a lot of homework for you, which is really funny because between this episode and the end of next episode, you're hitting both ends of the spectrum of like no homework. And then the wrap up episode is an insane amount of homework. (laughs) There's a syllabus that I didn't study all semester for. (laughs) Yeah. So cram it in all the night before. But uh, get it in, buddy. Always got to get it in. Always. But um, but also for for a book of like not a lot of effort and you end up striking like gold basically Three because, years in a row. because I mean, this team, this won't be the last time that we talk about this team, but as of, as of now, you know, we've covered long Halloween, we've covered dark victory. We've uh, you and I, you know, two, two of the three Halloween specials at this point, they did do the sequel to the long Halloween special that one day we'll, we'll, probably be covered how would i call that right now <laughs> that's that yours right next now. year <laughs> if anybody earns the right to call books uh a year in advance i think pete's uh pete's done the work he, uh, um, take that justin i already got it you're, <laughs> you know, you're, you're up your court. you're up buddy but oh. to land on on ghosts this is a pretty this is a pretty good one for you to to land on for like a third year in a row so i mean most likely anybody listening to this has read this. Um, they know it's more in this of the same in the sense of quality. I think you do get a vibe of the style of a story and the look of the story and everything when it comes to Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to a Batman story. The angle with this one is definitely inspired by A Christmas Carol. 
um, which is actually it's really funny because if you listen to episode 50, I know a long time ago that Pete was on with uh, Garrett Grev and Ryan Haas and we did our favorite Batman stories. Number two for me, it, and it still is, is Noel. And that too is heavily inspired by Christmas Carol um, with a twist, of course. But yeah, when it, and it comes down to it, a Christmas Carol, it's not, it's not like a favorite of mine. I don't necessarily love that story. I respect like the, what it gets at and everything, but I think that, I don't know, there's something with that story that it's just, it's not yeah. my favorite, but then it's funny how Noel takes that formula and, Twist it a little bit, and I love it. Well, this that, takes that, that deals with your other obsession, Mr. Oh, Green. yeah, that's another one. There you go. <laughs> this team takes A Christmas Carol and puts their own unique twist on it, and I love it. So I don't know what it is about the original story that I don't like, but these other interpretations and influenced by, I end up really loving it. This one, maybe it's because it's, it, you know, it's Batman and it's Halloween. So, I mean, those are two easy sells for me. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's just, let's... Let's take it away, Pete. We don't have to break it down beat by beat, but I, I've never asked you before with this. There is a character in the Batman world that is like your your love, and that is one Oswald Cobblepot, mm-hmm. who basically opens up this story. And to be honest, reading this this time, I feel like I caught a lot of Batman returns oh, okay. in this story. Um there's a lot of similarities here. This comes out after Batman returns, obviously. So I don't know if Loeb and Sailor are fans of that movie, but you know, just <laughs> reading the story, you know, uh, penguin crashing the party, the bauble, <laughs> right? Like interesting bauble as, as Max Shrek would say, um, the, the kind of campiness of it, uh, the penguin flying through the city. Like it, it's got a little bit of Batman returns a little bit, you know, just kind of 50 sixties penguin, like, you know, like, you're not going to see uh, Mr. Farrell flying through Gotham on a backpack rocket. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there's a little bit uh, out of the ordinary there. And overall, the message I think of, of the book is actually pretty deep and in, in inspiring where, you know, like it, it kind of proves that, you know, Bruce has his mission, but he's also been kind of lost in his mission. Yeah. It seems like an obsession now. And the ghosts seem to remind him, You've got other responsibilities as well. Yeah. You know, you've got an image to keep up with, you know, people kind of, it's not a, it's not solely about you, but what you can do for others. You know, he, he eventually gives Lucius back the bauble. Um, <laughs> and then we learn about the origin of the bauble mm-hmm. and as well as the Bruce and Lucius relationship, uh, Bruce opening himself up to uh, a younger generation of Gothamites as people think he's kind of a crazy recluse in, you know, something we've seen in Dark Knight Rises and other movies. Um, so like there's actually a very deep meaning within the story that is very similar to a Christmas Carol, but it's got that Batman flair to it with Penguin. You got Ivy, uh, Thomas Wayne, um, Alfred, I think is brilliant. Like just the, the quips that Alfred has. What do you, well, let me just ask really quick. What's your, what are your thoughts on the penguin design? I'm a big fan of this. I, I like this penguin. I do. Um, the teeth is a bit much, or, or, the teeth are a bit much, but overall I enjoyed it. Again, like inspired, it seems to be inspired by Batman Returns. He's got his little French flipper. Um, you know, he's short, he's stocky throwback to the old days where the penguin is a pure criminal instead mm-hmm. of this mafioso figure. Um, I, I love the deception the penguin gives throughout the book. Um, he, he he attempts to jump off the building. Everyone thinks he takes his life, but he flies away. 
Um, it, it seems to be a wonderful amalgamation of various versions of Penguin. And uh, I think that's a, a brilliant stroke of genius from the creative team. Yeah, the fact that he's so little, um, I don't know. It's like he's design-wise, stature and everything is very close to Mad Hatter, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm also like with you though. I'm I'm completely fine with that. The the monocle, the flippers are are fine. Yeah, the teeth in in opening that. It's almost like it presents. It looks a little bit as if like a shark's mouth, but with uh fewer small teeth mm-hmm. yeah um but I, I guess that maybe sale and getting that point across is like you know don't judge penguins um danger by his size yeah you know because if he could if he gets his teeth on you like uh oh but so I do but if I had to critique like I guess yeah for me too would be like the teeth maybe a bit much but otherwise he is a little wild he's a little rabid he's not out of character though uh, I like like it's it is kind of fun his crash in the party and the the he big, didn't invite me so <laughs> I crash <laughs> he's missing a duck but that's fine that's fine um, he's gonna rock it that's right <laughs> and, and so yeah like all that's kind of fun but I think that's a fun way to start the story but also it also feels very Batman Forever oh you think so nice cold huh. open right yeah, you yeah. Know, just get right into it but it, it's I don't want to say it sets things in motion and everything. Everything all uh, is because of this, but it's like, no, but what follows that I really love is the one panel of Bruce returning to the house, which he does say, and this became something that Jeff Loeb liked to like to say in the story. Like this was the first one where he's like, you know, Wayne Manor, my father's home. Uh, Mm -hmm. He ended, he ends up repeating that in the long Halloween. And I think he even repeated that in dark victory. And like that little line there, I, I really like because that's something it's really small. But to me, especially with Loeb's writing in this, is that whole fact of Bruce not like that still it's still weighing on him, as we always see in these stories with his parents. Because It's like this isn't Bruce Wayne's house. This is his father's home. It's always a very distinct. Got to make that clear. And then moving on. But in that it's panel, kind of Batman begins. Yeah. And in, in which actually. <laughs> Okay, you said, I got to go back a couple pages. And when Batman does arrive at the penguin crashing, and I I hear when I read this now definitely of that panel of Batman crouched down with his cape and everything and I hear Bale in the dark night drop the gun when the Joker is at, you know, crashes the party. I I hear that every time. I love it. Uh but anyways, back to my original point. As he returns to Wayne Manor, I do love that panel of Bruce going up the steps the car's parked at the bottom of the steps and the door opened because it does, that does set up another night of taking down a criminal going through the motions, you know, dude, 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 like not like bored, but just there's a funk here mm-hmm. with him that does totally uh, connect to what, what happens and, you know, for the rest of the story, especially because just like in a Christmas Carol, it's almost like he's, re- he's reaching to knock on the door which is funny because the, I mean it makes me think of Dark Knight trilogy of like he doesn't you don't have any of your keys never needed them because Alfred's always there to open the door yeah but he does see like uh, like a face on the the knocker too mm-hmm. um, so I I do like that but then yeah in seeing the ghost of of Thomas Wayne to come to visit him and warn him that you know when beginning tonight beginning when the clock strikes one you will be visited by the first of three spirits heed their warnings my son heed their warnings. We know the spirits are 
the ghosts of Christmas past, the ghosts of Christmas present, and the ghosts of Christmases yet to come, which are in this story, Poison and Ivy for the past, Joker for the present, and uh, the Reaper for yet to come. They show up in that in that order. Along with Penguin's design and uh, many, many moons ago, when I talked about the long Halloween with the Aquaman himself, Eric Holzman, uh, we referred to Poison Ivy in, in sales book as uh, the green bush. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I really like his design of Poison Ivy from the head up. Oh, I love it. You it's do? So okay. Yeah. Oh, I love the the green it, it almost looks like tissue paper, just various shades of tissue. I know they're leaves, but I, I, I kind of, I, I dig that. I dig this look. I mean, there's not many looks that, that come from the mind of Tim sale that I don't appreciate yeah. his artistic interpretations, I think are uh, really interesting. And, you know, from, again, we, we mentioned penguins teeth. Um, we'll talk about poison ivy's uh, leaves. And I mean, I'm sure many people have talked about the Joker's smile. Yeah by Tim sale. Um, he's, he's very creative. Um, and I kind of appreciate that. It feels like old school comic book art where it's not hype, the hyper realistic of a, of a Faybach sure. or even a Jim Lee to an extent or, or Mr. Bermejo. But um, it, it's, it just seems to be a little bit more just relaxed and fun in terms of artwork. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I kind of like, like that stuff. But then again, like there's somebody such as like, kelly jones or sam keith which almost takes it to the extreme too much for you yeah a little bit that's kind of it just i don't know it's it's almost a little too odd for me but i i don't know realistically depicting that too i could see it being like a cool i don't know there's just something that's off with it about it's basically yeah neck up the rest and like who how character how poison ivy acts in this what she says the characterization of her i think is spot on i think it's great but it's it's the problem is you love redheads and right now she's a greenhead redheads gotta love them um shout out to mira so anyways with this of the the one of the ghost of christmas past is it's hitting on a couple different notes which i think is interesting it's not going and visiting one moment in time it's visiting multiple uh, specifically one of Bruce's Zorro. How about that? Mm-hmm. And Ironic. how his dad, basically he got ditched by his dad one Halloween to go trick-or-treating, but it's because his dad as a doctor got called away. And it it stuck to, to Bruce because she, Martha was um, told him, why don't you call other kids, you know, other friends. And then, Batman is watching this and he says to Poison Ivy, she doesn't know. And the fact that basically Bruce, as a child, he didn't have friends. Then it jumps to a different uh, a different time of uh, in Paris when Bruce was in his you know early 20s and basically saved a young Lucius Fox, which for years it took me or I didn't know what these uh, these criminals said in their French of uh, ton agent américain and Rien de jou, les puis, me. I don't know. So you guys, Reno? There you go. No, I just use translator on the phone. I'm oh. like, I've got my phone right here. This is going to take less than a minute. In which basically, you know, the demand is your American money, no games. Well, the, the second one, the translation says no games, the price only. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so basically it's just, I mean, it's your usual stick up. Give me the money. And Bruce comes in and saves Lucius. 
I really like this because this is the, I think Loeb, especially in Batman stories, always tries to find some kind of like uh, emotional through line to connect somehow. Here, it's this medallion that Bruce gets from Lucius or say gets from these criminals that were going to take it from Lucius in the past and how Lucius, how that connects to the end of the story. Uh, and it's in both. So with Bruce and with Lucius in this story, it's about their fathers again. I mean, cause I, I mean, it, it goes back and forth with Bruce, whether it's all about his mother or all about his father. But um, I really like that angle from Loeb here. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's definitely a nice connection. Um, and again, like, like I said earlier, it, it kind of opens up Bruce to a more humane part of him. Mm-hmm. Whereas it seems like he kind of gets lost. It's like, Oh, here. Okay. I, I, I beat the bad guys. Here's your, here's your stolen property. I'm off to the next one. Whereas now he, you know, it shows there's a connection between him and Lucius. My father gave me this. You may think it's silly. I don't think it's silly at all. You know, it, it, it proves that it, for a man who wants to have friends, if he opens himself up, he can have friends. Yeah. You know, there's th- that's this book. The more you, the stories, especially like there is a deeper meaning here mm-hmm. than what we normally see in a in a you know a comic book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, and that's where it's fun too because that opening of this story specifically, you know, action scene, Batman taking down a member of the rogues. Mm-hmm. Typical comic book fun flair. Older yeah. comics, that's the like that's the issue. And not saying that there's anything wrong with that because it's a lot of fun. But yeah, like you said, it goes for something a little bit more more meaningful here. And I think as we see, so this came out in 1995. So Archie Goodwin wrote in the beginning of that trade uh, a cool little introduction, which is included in this absolute edition. I think it was included in um in the second version of the the trade collection and he talks about how following this they're working on the long halloween on a hold on let's see a special series involving a year in batman's life a year that covers Mm. 13 months it's called the long halloween they're already underway with it as an editor i'm excited um as we know the long halloween heavily influenced and that serves as a follow-up to year one this flashback with lucius you could say that like this fits into Batman lore pre year one. Cause look at, look at Bruce's outfit. Like that seems very much uh, yeah. in line with grifter Bruce. Yes, it does. The only thing he's really missing is the, uh, the facial scar. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Boo. Where's that nitpick? Well, he's not in Gotham city. He doesn't need to hide himself. He's in Petty. There you go. Petty. Yay. Petty. I do kind of like this as being a little bit of like a, a first meeting between Lucius and, and Bruce because at the time of this coming out, I mean, you would definitely say that there would be, there could be a lot of people that would read Lucius Fox and it's like, Oh, it's just this character. But thanks to dark Knight trilogy. Now it's like, Oh, it's Lucius Fox. He's on Lucius. The Lucius. 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 Yes. There you go. <laughs> thanks. Alfred. Um, it, it's good. Cause it also, you know, you could see in the meeting, well, well, you, as Batman is watching Bruce, he thinks that Lucius wouldn't have understood. Mm-hmm. But again, going forward to the end of the book, Bruce understands Lucius would have would have understood. Yeah. You know, the promise he made to his father, 
you know, Lucius had something similar. You know, he obviously wants to prove himself. His father means a lot to him. And you can see Lucius sees this as an opportunity to do good. Mm -hmm. And Bruce is still lost in the mission. Mm -hmm. That money is committed somewhere else. I've got a plan. And you could tell Lucius is trying to use this philanthropist, you know, use his resources for positive things, something to quote Lucius, something extraordinary. Mm hmm. You know, you could you, you could see the goodwill of Lucius Fox in these four panels as they're sitting for with coffee, and then the then what uh, Sale does magically is his Batman is so mesmerizing in those four panels, so stoic in nothing but eyes and cape, mm-hmm. you know, really yeah. looking down on this, and you could almost see the wheels start to turn where you know even though he's sick from food poisoning batman bruce wayne is starting to figure all this out he kind of understands where this is going in in this meeting here he kind of gets where these ghosts are going to take him on this journey i feel you know because he's still kind of skeptical when his father comes in all shackled and changed he's kind of scared then ivy's kind of pointing him in the direction and i think here is kind of the turning point in the story yes I mean, and how Ivy even calls him, and I was like, how quickly he says, no, that money, like me, has already been committed elsewhere. She's like, kind of abrupt, weren't you? He was only offering mm-hmm. you an opportunity. And he says, you know, Lucius wouldn't have understood. No one could. I made a promise. And he goes, you know, goes through the promise that we hear about uh, in these in this these Logan sales stories quite a bit. But, you know, on not to go like too deep with it, but it, it's a very good like uh inclusion in the story to have like to be self-reflective of like man if you had to step outside of your body and just watch yourself in certain moments how many of us would be like ew like, man he's kind of a dick oh it's kind of an ass yeah that was a dumb move you know and stuff like that but like you said this does get the ball rolling of no face this this is how you were because of this mission mm-hmm. and you now you have that in your mind here of how he was like how he was then toward, you know, an ally, a future ally of his, of Lucius. And then even here of, and Poison Ivy says, and leaves him with it of, is that how your parents would have wanted you to honor them? And how he says, you wouldn't understand. No one could. And she said, so you've said. So planning that, like you, you keep saying this, but you know, not buying it. And then like you just said, he kind of, he wakes up and he's like, oh, it's a nightmare. And he had like food poisoning. But then I love, and I can hear this of, and maybe think uh, Danny Elfman, and maybe even like now um, for the latest movie, Michael Giacchino of using the bell, you know, using bells in their scores. So mm-hmm. when Bruce is in the bathroom and he hears bong, you know, sort of, do, I can hear the bell, but then the, also the laughing. And it's and as he says, laughter. And it's like, oh, sh- you know who this is. There's only and one person that's really laughing hard in Gotham. It's probably the best spread, two page spread in, in the book. I love him opening the door and there's a lit jack-o'-lantern at his feet because i love halloween and then how the next panel you see him at bruce in in three spots and he is changing from bruce into batman Mm -hmm. that's cool as hell i love that and then yeah as even said only one man has that insane laugh and then you spread it and how good does this page look in absolute form pete (laughs) seeing alfred upside down with an apple and his how fun (laughs) yeah all surrounded by jack-o'-lantern and when i read this I can't help but think of Ledger in Dark Knight 
hoo he ha ha hoo ha. You know, like yeah, we, we, yeah. I get yeah. that. I, I, that's what I'm, I'm thinking of, and that's, that's what I'm hoo hearing. He in... ha hoo ha. I yeah. thought my jokes are bad. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Exactly. Um, and it's just like this is like some and all the pumpkins from so good <laughs> just surrounding him, and just it, it. He doesn't have to say anything. He's just got that stupid grin, and it, it almost seems like the Joker is so he just annoys Batman. Like it's just there to poke him and prod him and all. Whereas like Ivy and you know, because it's also the shortest ghost in the story. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of there to torment him until the next ghost comes around. Let me just mess with you a little bit. Absolutely. You know? I think that's a good point. Like he's just there to annoy him. And yeah, exactly. This in particular right here is he, he is having no more fun than just annoying the shit and bugging Batman. Mm-hmm. As Batman tries to hit him with the, I don't know, poker. I, the poker. Poker. And he just laughs, you know, miss me, miss me, now you got to kiss me. And then. But it, it's this, also, it's also good. important because, you know, Joker is saying, you're no different than me. Yeah. This is how people look at you. They're afraid mm-hmm. of you. No one even knows what you look like. You hide away in your mansion, you know? It's it's very interesting. Oh, one thing I do find interesting is like Batman says these are the children from the neighborhood. I'm like, how many houses are in this neighborhood? Yeah, as <laughs> like, we see man, at the end of like this, how long that drive by is? Acres. <laughs> yeah, like when's the? Is it like ten minutes to the next house? <laughs> like where yeah. are these kids walking? Yeah. Hey, all right, kids, you're going trick or treating. You're gonna make the walk to Wayne Manor and then come home. Yeah, <laughs> have a good time. Better have full bars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's handing away candy factories. That's what that's what Bruce Wayne does. Yeah, we've got a little Willy Wonka in him. <laughs> but I, I mean, the, the image of it's really cool how they just jump to the gates outside Wayne Manor. That's such a really cool image of Batman standing and it's almost mostly a silhouette, and then Joker mm-hmm. kind of crouched next to him. And I just think that visually is really really cool, and especially of yes, and like we're in the present, like right now. Look how effective your mission of taking Batman is, like. Your Batman, the mystique of Bruce Wayne scares the shit out of kids. And, and like and you're scary. Like it's not you your money is saved for something special, but it's like, but it's not happening. You're a recluse. You are lost within your mission. Yeah. You can have your mission, but you you've lost your way. I, I I do read with the kids how funny it is. It's almost like the ones like here we are, the other one. Who'd want to live in a place like this? And the third one, the guy never comes out. My dad told me the house is haunted. And then it's like, they're all running. Ah! <laughs> I could totally see that like playing out actually and just being funny. And when I was younger too, there were moments of where it just felt like something scared me. So I just took off running and scream because, you know, and I mean, it is like, it's a fun little like zinger of Joker. And they say criminals are a superstitious cowardly lot. I like that. That was cute. <laughs> the, yeah. um, calls him bat boob. Because why not? It's great. But he gets the point across. And then, and then of course, and as some don't like, I wouldn't full on say don't like, just maybe it's like, it's a little too much is all of the Joker teeth. It, it really doesn't bother me. Yeah, I, I love Tim Sale's Joker. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with mm-hmm. the interpretation, but I do get it. If like, oh, there's a lot of teeth, but um there you go and then i mean i i do like going from that and a little trippy of just a joker smile into the reaper yeah uh, that's a really cool a really cool page mm-hmm. and then it's like 
it's definitely the Joker story just goes all out with Halloween. And this just is dark, gloomy, depressing, mm-hmm. uh, lightning, rain, but still a full moon because you got to have a full moon. But visiting, you know, the grave and how uh, a grave and Bruce even said, you know, who's whose only grave is he visiting? And then it's it's Bruce Wayne saying, no, and removing of the the hood for the rebirth. Which is an amazing, amazing panel. I do ju- I do wish that there was like those two panels weren't covering it so that we did just have the one full spread unblocked of this skull Batman underneath the hood because that mm. could be a, a nice screensaver or something. I, I, but I mean, I get the point too. And it does look good. Uh, but that like that's almost like the capper before he has his big, there's no tiny Tim for him to go and redeem himself. But uh, he gets it at this point. No tiny Tim Drake. No. Oh. <laughs> Anybody quail legs? <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but it just felt appropriate. And then I just thought of a dolphin. It's <laughs> 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 Uh Good old Alfred is there always, right? When Bruce wakes, awakes. You know, and Bruce, I mean, he comes running down the stairs. I mean, it's very similar to how he ran down the steps, like almost exactly as Zorro in the flashback of the mm. the past. It's um, even in a small panel, too, so he looks tiny. Mm-hmm. He says the library restored, and he's happy in the library. But I'm trying to think of, in this, if there was... I don't know if we were ever uh, well, in the library. Is not the uh, uh, the Joker scene in the library in front of the fireplace? That's okay. That's right. Right, like you know, not only is, is yeah. Alfred not dangling from the ceiling, but all the the jack o' lanterns are gone. That that that's what I assume that was. Okay. Yep. Wow. Look at that. There we go. Thanks, Pete. How great would it be to have that bookshelf though? I. I... <laughs> I couldn't fill that. Give me. Oh, I could. You could too with all of your with all of your action figures and stuff. And you do comics Uh, and action figures. Like I could put it all in one. I'll definitely need the ladder. There you go. The only time I've ever seen anything actually like this is when I uh, when I went to see Mr. Uslan. His uh, his library is on the wall and it has a ladder. That was wow. Wow, Mr. U. Pete's been there. He's been inside Wayne Manor. I have pretty much. It's you've been inside Wayne Manor. That's Wayne Manor, New Jersey. Live to tell the tale. Okay, well that makes a that makes a lot more sense because I did in, in reading this one too for some reason. But yeah, I mean definitely. And the indicator of the clock uh, behind Joker in the chair that should have been the fireplace to give it away. <laughs> no, because for some reason I just felt like that's like a this too makes me think of Batman Returns of where Bruce is. You know, the fireplace and that is in the, mm-hmm. like an open living room area. And so I guess like for some reason I just thought he come came down the steps and went into that room and that's where this was. So but I mean the the next page it shows next to the fireplace, you know, a little bit of that bookshelf. So um I'm a failure. We won't we won't have spooky stories month next October because I've lost the show. Uh <laughs> Hoss has taken over. But anyways, the Super um, Mario Book Club. There you go. <laughs> but I mean there's full redemption here of you know, Bruce returns the medallion that Penguin took the night before uh, from Lucius. That was also played in the past story. 
And this is where Lucius says, I never told you why this little thing means so much to me. It was a gift from my father. Silly, hon. They handshake. No, Lucius, no, not silly at all. Oh, that's a good. That's a good um, capper to the story. That's his Bob Cratchit. Basically. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, he wasn't as mean as Scrooge is to him. But, you know, that's the one of, you know, I'm going to do better. I'm going to help out. I'm going to do something here. How's the helping out? joining Lucius to do something good for the city. Get that. And this fits to the animated series, Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. which I, I do like that a lot rather than as, you know, the playboy stuff all makes sense and it's funny and everything, but philanthropist Bruce Wayne from the animated series. And yet he's still, nobody thought that he was Batman that that worked. And that's what made me, that's how I thought of this. And I do. I mean, and in that last page of basically, you know, Bruce, Alfred's expecting Bruce to suit up and go to Gotham and you know and he says I'm sure whatever happens in the city tonight Captain Gordon and his men can handle it and then the kids show up with you know they make that mile walk up to the door and uh Bruce is standing there like hello give some candy yeah that that's for me that's the I mean obviously it's the end of the book for me that's the big capper is and it's small and it's it's you know it's not like public but it's Bruce enduring himself to people. Yeah. You know, like proving that, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I, you know, I don't have like seven inch fingernails and uh, you know, I'm not hanging out like hiding that, you know, in ways that let's say Bale did in rises or yeah. you know, Keaton did in Batman returns. He's, he's open to the public. He's out there in the public eye. Um, it, it's something small like that and using children, you know, cause at one point, let's say they were in the story, they were scared of him. They were afraid to make that walk. But he turned on the lights. He showed them the path, and he just look. He said, "Hey, look, I'm I'm just a normal guy." And he's a really can, big house, and you know, and, uh, look, full look, bars of candy. Yes, I was gonna say that massive tray that's just full of candy that like kids and talk. a simple hello, simple hello. Yeah, you don't need anymore because you can. You want to go further than this? Hey, kids, they talk. Kids get spoiled with candy. They won't stop talking about it. Now mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne's gonna get a reputation. You give Ryan a Mountain Dew, he'll talk oh. to your own. Ah. You give me a six pack of Mountain Dew and that is marketing for me for a year. I will tell everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's where the, the, the story, this story ends. Uh, is there another point that you want to touch on that we didn't touch on? No, but it's, it's, you could see it's early sale. He hasn't really perfected his Batman as we've seen. In, and in it's other still issues. good. And it's you, you it's what we get. But what we get, you can, yeah, like you said, we can look back and be like, yeah, this is early sale. He hasn't mastered his craft yet, but even this is like, it's brilliant. Moi, you know, and it's such, it, it is such a unique art style. Like, you know, it, 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 there's no one out there that draws like the way that sale did. Exactly. You know, I, I haven't seen it. We've seen people mimic guys like Capullo, mm-hmm. Neil Adams, Lee. even Jim Lee, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, that, that at some point, like those guys became like house style. Mm-hmm. Like this is how we draw our characters. Sales never did that. And no one's ever really tried to mimic that, which is impressive. And that just, I think that goes to show you how great he is. Cause they didn't even try to do this when they made the long Halloween, you know, whether they thought they were incapable of recreating it or they just wanted to honor him. Like, look, if we do this, like it's just, it's not going to look as good as he did, which is interesting. Um, it, it's, it's part of that legacy, you know, like this is such a contribution to Batman that it's its own. It has its own look. Yeah, it's so unique that no one can replicate this, and I think that's why Sale stands, uh, uh, you know, alone in certain aspects because 
you can't replicate it. It's very difficult to draw like this, and no one's even attempted to do it. Which I'm glad because at this point too, and especially because I mean, more so now, even probably because sadly he passed away earlier this mm. year, that it would it would just look bad to be like, oh, why are you trying to copy sale? Why are you trying to do a Tim sale? Uh, yeah, but like original. I said, like in the 70s, Neil Adams' style kind of became the way to draw no way. Batman. You know, so it's not I would I wouldn't look at it as someone trying as as paying disrespect as much as honoring him, like someone inspiring him, mm. you know, like people make people like you, you have people who who have watched like Hitchcock movies and try to mimic his style. And it's not out of disrespect, but because they love it so much, they want to honor him in storytelling. I mean, from a I think fans, it's similar to that. I was saying, I think from like maybe like a fan's perspective of seeing it in how how you said like you know let's take jim lee as being like a house style there can be at times of people seem like oh you're just trying to do jim lee and don't do that rather than this is a new style of um interesting see i didn't take it as much as gotcha. like, that person okay. as a fan they started out as a fan first that's you know that's kind of what they grew up on you know like yeah because for me honestly like if i had the ability to draw like a professional artist Neil Adams Batman would probably be the Batman that I would try to draw like. That gotcha. is that 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 is how I think of Batman when I pop in my head when yeah, it pops Adam. in my head and and then hmm. sales and sales really up there with me. Like Adams and Sale. It's his, tough. <laughs> this year was very tough for me. <laughs> his, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if I could draw, which I can't. Because there's something about this shadowy behemoth of a man that sale does for batman is and is bruce wayne when he's in the bed he's a he's he's a he's a big brute he's a beast uh but this also like you saying all that just made me me think his his cape was not uh a like a creature of its own in this book you go to the, the long halloween that began a year later and that's when it started to have you know like the cape went on forever even and then would curl at the end and stuff mm. like that like the the cape doesn't get as exaggerated until the long halloween so that you could say too was also a de- uh, a sale development you know progression toward that uh man i i, I don't know i think i i the story is really good the visuals are even better mm-hmm. and that's what paul herman keeps trying to tell me about the long halloween and i think paul herman should shut it because that book is perfection but i think here of like the like i don't know i just i do just love looking going through i read this twice like now as we've, as we've been talking i've been flipping mm-hmm. through and yeah i just ah tim sale great Oh, he's fantastic. Loeb's one of my favorite writers on Batman. You could almost say he is my favorite writer for Batman just because everything, like, one of my least favorite things that Jeff Loeb has written on Batman is Hush, and I I like that book quite a bit. So what's that telling you? It means that basically everything he's touched with Batman, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I I love this. It's, it's, there's there's not much better than uh, Jeff Loeb, like, when it comes to writing these character, these crime driven ensemble pieces, right? Like I feel like he excels with such a large cast of characters mm-hmm. and personalities and motives, you know, like the long Halloween obviously sticks out to everyone. Like you're not going to find a book that does it better. Yeah. Really? And even 
even works like that. I don't like public enemies still has such a large ensemble of characters from throughout the DC universe in that story. Like it seems like that's like Loeb's style is just Mm -hmm. big, bold, and just bombastic. Bombastic. And then but then he does have like the the little emotional through lines of it all too that really keeps it like keeps There's always a deep meaning with this story. Yeah, exactly. I actually think this one, this particular one has the deepest meaning. Of these three? Mm-hmm. Like in Haunted Night, or are you yes, saying of yeah. everything? No, yeah. within Haunted Night. Yeah, I think so too. I agree with you. Um, what I miss. So this started, you know, it was a Legends of the Dark Knight Halloween special, mm-hmm. one, two, and three. Their own contained story, much like what was kind of done, you know, for the long Halloween special last year. Um, yes, that connected to a story and the universe that they've already established, but I miss. I, I like I say that I miss. I would like more of those rather than the yearly like. You could almost say it's a Halloween annual of DC characters. I would love it if they just did like one sixty-page Batman story set at Halloween, uh, I, or I do know. one sixty-page Superman the, I Halloween the holiday or specials. something. I mean, they're I fun, the holiday but they all do run together. That I have a hard time remembering, like. Oh, in 2017, they released one in. I, well, because I, I don't of you know. have a hard time remembering what I read last month. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We'll we'll get to our next cover, <laughs> our next conversation. I'll be like, all right, so this issue came out this month. Pete, why don't you start us off? Because I don't remember what happened. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's That's hard coming. to remember what I read the first week of the month. Yeah, this was um, the the uh, 77th issue I read this month. Um. All right, Pete, let's get to some favorites. I want to ask you, what was your favorite part of Ghosts? Uh, my feel like, oh, geez, it's tough. I, re- I, I really do enjoy the Penguin Open, but watching the Joker just annoy the hell out of Batman is so yeah. fun for me because mm-hmm. um, it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point. And, you know, it says a lot within like two, three pages. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's probably my favorite of the through lines. But I, I can't speak enough to what it means for Bruce Wayne to have that public persona and for people to know he's not a shut in. Yeah. I think that's very important to not only Bruce Wayne's mental health, obviously not mm-hmm. getting lost within the mission, but just to keep everyone on their toes just you know mm-hmm. like alfred said you know if you pretend to have fun you might actually do it or <laughs> something along those lines yeah you know, like polo for he me. might he might even have a little by accident yeah like polo i'm not learning polo alfred. and what does bruce wayne do with his time and his money <laughs> continue so come on i just <laughs> I, I think that's very important michael Caine's here yeah i just i think bruce wayne is just as important as batman in aspects yeah um i think i'm with you the ghost of halloween present that that's my favorite part for mm-hmm. a couple of different reasons uh like like you'd said joker annoying batman that part is the most by far halloweenish part of this halloween special um the meaning the meaning of it like there's some underlying it i think that's a credit to Loeb is it's not just it's not like 
Joker is flat out saying it to Batman so that us readers are like, oh, well, Joker told them like, what's, you know, the meaning of this Joker's just flat out saying bluntly saying it. It's like, no, it's it's reflected in his the ways that the Joker talks to Batman and, you know, hey, bat boob. And they in they say criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot like that point hits home without him saying directly what he's trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. Like all of that, just in, in that part, just it really flows well for me. And like I said, even and then you go, you go to the art and that that panel of Bruce like morphing into Batman. The closer he gets to Joker, and then that splash page with Joker, like, Mwah! Olive Garden Chef's kiss right there, Pete. That's not good. That's like saying like <laughs> I put ketchup on dog shit. <laughs> what a favorite panel. Uh, it, it's got it's got to be the two page spread of the Joker. I really wanted to say something unexpected here. I can't. It's just so perfect. I really do love the panel of drop the gun because Batman looks freaking awesome. He just looks great. And Penguin silhouette is there too. Mm. And that's just, that's awesome. But it's really hard. Come on. (laughs) Come on. That splash page of the Joker with the pumpkins and Alfred upside down with an app, all of it in the library. Like it's uh. I don't know. That's that's tough to beat. That might be hard to beat in this entire Haunted Night collection. Um, that's um, a really good one. Also included in the Absolute Edition is Catwoman When in Rome. Yes. Have you ever read that? Do you enjoy that? Oh, yeah. That That is perhaps some of Sale's best-looking work, I think, because of, of his style and his drawings, but then it's like the like the water watercolor kind of painting with it too mm-hmm. is just like I think it's awesome. I think it looks so good. Uh but yeah. the story itself is really fun and and Selena's Selena's great. And then when you read this and you you do fit that in and how it does measure up to fit in uh in Dark Victory too in her yeah. absence. Like yeah. So yeah you, good point there. The absolute is not just the three Halloween specials. It's also the six issue Catwoman went in Rome story. Cause like, you might say to yourself, I'm going to drop all this coin on this absolute edition. You know, it's, it's a lot of money. You know, these Halloween specials are exactly the longest comic book, right? Yeah. Like it was, it, it's kind of like, well, how do you justify me buying this? And they did something similar in the, in the killing joke. Right. And in, and in uh, Batman year one, where, you know, they give you additional stories and everything that, you know, it, obviously you came for haunted night, but we got a little uh-huh. something just to, you know, make your money. Uh, give him a little forward. bit more. Give him a little yeah. bit more. It's uh, apparently it's 336 pages. So, hey, there you go. That's okay. That and totally worth it. And we're basically, yeah. we're selling you. Hey, hey, this is worth it. Uh, yeah. Pete, would you like to see this adapted in animation? Yeah, I think it would be great, actually. Um, I, I, I would love to see three. I don't know if you do maybe just one long movie. I forget my answer to this the past two years. I don't know if I, yeah, like, I don't know if you, so, yeah. if I'd want to do, this is part of like a, a animated series and each on a night story is an episode, or if you just do be fun. like a Gotham Knights, but it's instead of like the six stories, it's three stories, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know, maybe that and just call it like a Batman Halloween animated Halloween you know, or something like that. I don't know. With the success of the long Halloween in uh-huh. animation, I, I, I think it's open to up for discussion obviously dark victory gets uh you know the preferable sequel nod, yeah right? give me that next before that next night. before haunted night but uh you know i would also love to see catwoman when in rome animated that'd be cool i think you know th- those 
those lobe uh, sale stories plus year one make for uh, a great little animation segue or segment yeah. you know, a, a fun couple hours of Batman, you know, cause I, I think the, cause we, you know, one Halloween's is a sequel to year one, right? Like, yeah. You know, I, it no is, one considers basically. year two the sequel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Prey is more of a sequel to year one than year two is a sequel to yeah. year one. <laughs> so it'd be cool to kind of have that in a, in a library of, of film. Yeah. I'm with you. I think I would prefer like a, a one, one movie in three different parts or three stories. Don't have to connect. Let them be three just separate stories. Why not? Um, I want to ask you before we start to get out here, though, like I am going to put a poll up and this might be the same one I asked you the past three years. I don't remember what I've said. I but Pete, think like my answer changes. Mine year. probably does, too, because I mean, all of these. Because the, the last one you read probably ends up being your favorite. <laughs> let me just ask. Uh, which Halloween special in Haunted Night is your favorite? Fears? Madness or ghosts? I'm gonna have to go with Mad Hatter. Good old madness. madness. I think it's madness. I can't decide. Madness and fears. Fears is scarecrow. I love scarecrow. I love they're all great. Tim Sale scarecrow. But then there's something with Mad Hatter. Like we don't get enough Mad Hatter stories, and I think that's a character that can be really like really cool really creepy on like stories and stuff and i think that that was illustrated and told really really well last year mm-hmm. when we talked about it for you know madness um i do think that i as much as i like ghosts it is third place of the three for me because i do go back and forth i don't know if fears or madness is my favorite so fears or madness seem like a more standard batman story yeah. around one villain whereas ghosts is a, is a different experience i think Right now, fears barely edges out madness for me. Madness. Ask me tomorrow. You know, next time we record, I'm going to read all, all of these Haunted Night stories again, and then I'll tell you, of like, hey, Pete, change my mind. <laughs> but this is funny because you are probably the biggest rereader of anyone I know. Yes, because I, mean, I forget you and everything. I, I would think like Eric Carter, I think, isn't close to you. Like, I think Eric does us when Eric, you and Eric, whenever you guys find a story you love, you make time to reread that more than anybody. I think I want to make sure I remember it correctly if I'm going to talk about it. That's because why I watch Gotham in sound. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Pete, do you have a, a final thought? Any final thoughts for ghosts? Yeah. Um, this story, I'm just going to leave it at yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. great. All right. It's great. Buy it on in stock trades. Um, I you know, if you love Jeff Loeb's Long Halloween and Dark Victory, this will fit right in. And it'll be nice. I think it's also fun from a comic book like historian standpoint to see an artist such as Sale progress, see the progress he's made as a as a creator. Yeah. Um, to see how he started with a character and evolved. Because like you said, the cape just seemed to take on a mind of its own at some point with Tim yeah. sale. And uh, you could see the man perfect his craft and it, it's fun to watch the evolution of his artwork because mm-hmm. it's unlike any other artwork you'll ever read in this medium, I believe. Yeah. It's Matt a Loeb is a hell of a writer. It's like it, it, it's it, as, as far as specials go like this, these are as good as any, anything he's ever written. Mm-hmm. You know, specials can sometimes, like you said, be a letdown, but these, these are not. Yeah, so definitely what you said with Sale, I think it would be an artist. And so that, I mean, visually. So let's just stick to, you know, uh, an artist. 
you know, that wouldn't that be a goal of yours of, I'd imagine somebody looks at your work and they know that's Tim sale. That's Kelly mm-hmm. Jones. That's Neil Adams. That's, you know, Jim you Lee, that's Lee May, all of that. And I think Tim sale is definitely one of those artists. You look right away and you know, that's Tim sale. Mm-hmm. So mission accomplished on that part. Sometimes maybe it's like, Oh no, that's this person's work. And you're like, I don't like that person's work, but I mean, you, you know, it fortunately for Tim sales, it's looking at it, It's like, mm, perfecto. Yeah. I mean, so this... it's not just Batman, like his Spider-Man blue. Oh yeah. He, it's amazing. I have a, I have an autographed print of uh, Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy nice. behind me. Um, Superman for all seasons. You've got it all. Um, even something like Captain America White, which isn't mm-hmm. the most popular is fun. Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray. You know, it, it, it's not just Batman. It's it's everything that this this man has drawn throughout his career really stands, you know, in a class itself. Yep. I agree. And I think, and like you said, I mean, Loeb's, Loeb's storytelling is also great. So, I mean, Ghosts, Ghosts lives up to Fears and Madness, even though I like those ones a little bit more than Ghosts. It's not a, a knock on Ghosts. It's, I mean, it's just like, this is a perfect collection of three really good um, Halloween themed stories uh, that are self-contained and just really easily, I, every single year I revisit them. It's because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, I mean, that's on top of it too, is you know, it's a bit of a breeze for a read too. It's not overwhelming. Of like, oh, I don't know that I can sit and read this big or anything. They're a breeze of a read. They're really good. They look great. Uh, Batman Haunted Night. Do it. And there we go. Peter, uh, one of my favorite people to podcast with. I thank you for coming on again. Um, it looks like we've already got, we've got next year's book covered. So stick around folks. Uh, hang in there for a year and Listen, yeah. listen to us continue talking lobe and sale at Halloween. Um, is there any you know, plug away? Plug uh, you away, can, Peter. You can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite platform, Vero at Pete Illustrated. You can follow podcast number one. That is the news-based podcast that I co-host with the champion of Long Island, the coli himself, Eric Q. Holzman. Uh, that is straight out of Gotham at straight underscore O underscore G on both Instagram and Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. We have a fan page and we have a Facebook group. A lot of great news and discourse there. Everything we discussed on the show and more is shared on our social media accounts. Make sure you check out my second podcast that I co-host with uh, the fine men of Chicago, the, the Wrigley Field crazies, uh, Nicholas and Nico Caruso, the father and son combo we all love that is at italians for spidey on twitter we just dropped uh, our 13th episode uh this weekend make sure you check that out we talk comics we talk a little movies talk a little news so we talk a lot of spider-man and uh some just uh goomba bullshit uh follow at team yellow oval as i just champion the return of michael keaton because let's be honest uh he's one of the best batman that we've ever had and it's, it's great to have him back after all these years and uh, i'm excited for it and i know ryan is as well um yeah i know he's gonna go list to descent into mystery right after this episode oh, yes um make sure you check out batmanonfilm.com i've got reviews i've got interviews i've got comic book stuff there i've got movie stuff i'm all over batman on film youtube as well um so i'm all over the scene right now i'd love to just chit chat and talk away um i haven't heard anything from austin i know he's listening i haven't heard anything from him in a while so uh, austin i'm calling you out where you been buddy um but <laughs> that's just uh, have lunch with austin it. How is it? We had some. Oh, he's fantastic! Did I got you to take introduce him, to that him. Great place. You bet I did. What do uh, you have? He got a kebab. I love this kid. He took one bite. Looked, and we were mid conversation. He took one bite, and then he looked at me. He goes, "This is good, by the way." 
And then he just ate it up. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, glad yeah. you guys did a great time. I'm thinking about it. So, yes. Uh, next time you see him, tell him I said hi. Well, we're probably going to listen to this. So hello, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he'll listen. He'll listen for sure. Um, he's joined Peter Vera the, in the exclusive owner of a Batman book club bookmark club. Yeah. You I, two are I, the only two. There's only three copies. <laughs> no, I got a couple. Um, so yeah, there you go. And also you said like that, that yellow oval over Pete's left shoulder. I'm, I'm seeing this wonderful wood yellow oval that he has up in his room. Who got um, that? For looks me? great. Who my, got that for you? My mirror did. Those redheads <laughs> gotta love them. A little fish in the sea. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow the Batman Book Club and you aren't already, you can do that at or on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC. That poll question we just talked about a couple minutes ago that will be on Twitter. So at the Batman BC, if you want to write in with any kind of uh, questions, which if people start to write in for questions, maybe we'll maybe we'll do one question in an episode. I don't know. Maybe depends on if people want to do that. You can do it. You at Batman BC out. at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the Batman Book Club YouTube channel where. Uh, Pete and I both are taking a trip on the road to no man's land. Um, so make sure to check that out. Subscribe to that. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do that. One, patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Two, tpublic.com, where you can buy some merchandise with the Batman Book Club logo on it. Talking t-shirts, hoodies, onesies for your for your little ones. But if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, the best thing you can do is rate and review the Batman Book Club on podcasts wherever you listen to it so apple spotify amazon google iHeartRadio, wherever just rate and review this show because the more reviews it gets the more it helps spread the word and as we all know the word is panic Holzman. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <Yep. laughs> so for peter r frolicker vera i am ryan lauer and until next time remember my guys. Ah!